Hello, and welcome to Get In The Game, a pitch podcast, where we recap the one and only season of Pitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your co-host, Dee. I go by Dust Daughter on social media, and I'm joined by my co-host, Olivia, who goes by Sportivica. And we've we've come down to the wire. Ah, uh, the last one. Uh, Maybe that's that's why we we put it off so long. <laughs> for real. Um. <laughs> uh. So uh, this episode is called "Don't Say It." It's written by Dan Fogelman and Rick Singer, and directed by Paris Barclay. And before uh, we get started with the recap, uh, just there was a bit of news uh, that was reported in April about the possibility that Pitch might be revived. Uh, It was in connection with the showrunners uh, of Pitch that are now the showrunners of This Might Be Us. So in an effort to keep them with NBC, there was talks that Pitch might be reserved, might be revived, but um, that was in April and there hasn't really been much follow-up to the story. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, uh, that might not, uh, that might be kind of dead in the water, which is a shame. Um, but it was exciting news <laughs> for the time. It was for just to have a, a glimmer of hope, if only for a short while. But yeah, I guess if it, it ever did come back, it would be probably with a mostly different cast now. So that would also be strange. So if they were to, I could certainly see them making a show like Pitch going forward. And they definitely should cast Kylie Bunbury again. Uh, but it'd probably be a different show. It's gotta have the same cast. And the same yeah. But it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be on Fox. Yeah. Darn. Right. It most, most definitely does not. Uh, so, <laughs> before we get into uh, Late Night Hate Night uh, with our uh, uh, the way we feel about Fox let's get into our recap this is pitch uh, episode 10 called don't say it and in uh, previous episodes Evelyn and Will are planning for Scroogey's uh, which is a sports bar uh, that's supposed to leverage uh, Jenny's popularity Evelyn wants to invest uh, Blip isn't sure, and uh, he doesn't want to postpone plans for a third child. And every time he brings that up, Evelyn's like, "It's like that gif of that guy in the rap cipher mm-hmm. and giving the face to the camera." But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "Yeah, that third kid." Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I know, man. Um, Amelia tries to warn Jenny, who sides with her brother, always. And Evelyn notices a discrepancy in the numbers for the sports bar. And she isn't satisfied with Will's response, which is good because (laughs) it was horseshit. Uh, She (laughs) calls Amelia for help. And... um, Meanwhile, <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike, uh, Mike gets a call from the Cubs GM. He wants a trade, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> messy Mike goes to his ex-wife's house and finds her happily engaged to another man. Jenny uh, leaves a date with a tech mogul to have drinks with the team at the bar, but the only team member there is Mike. And they almost kiss before Mike gets a call from, that the trade fell through. 
Mike is still a Padre. That was an incredible so. moment of their chemistry and all this intensity. And they didn't, you know, it, it wasn't a kiss. It was just this like almost mm. moment. It was really powerful watching it back. Yeah. And then they, then he gets that call and they jump back from each other. Like they were on, they right. were both on like, fire. Oh, well that <laughs> moment just passed us by. Yep. So the um, episode opens with an applause as Ginny takes the mound. It's the end of the seventh inning and Ginny's about to pitch a, we'll just say it, no hitter, but no one wants to jinx it. We'll say it. They tell us not to say it, but we will. We can say it. In the dugout, her teammates are not speaking to her, which, you know, it's kind of sweet that they don't want to jinx it. But it, it also looks really silly. I think at some point, Jenny calls them superstitious wimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no one will barely, I mean, they barely even look at her. So, <laughs> they, yeah, they do, like, <laughs> avoid looking at her. But I guess it's, you know, they don't want to, they want to mess it up for her. So, and of course, we get our first uh, flashback through 36 hours earlier where Jenny wakes up to hear a knock on her hotel door. It's Evelyn with coffee. But what she really wants to know is, as we mentioned, Ginny and Noah got up to their date um, in the previous episode. And that's what Evelyn's thinking is going to be, you know, the big news. But uh, Ginny's got something else to share with her. Um, (laughs) Ginny implies that well she tells Evelyn that she had to leave her date with Noah in the middle of it and that it ended with something weird happening Jenny's words with Mike and Evelyn just has like her jaw (laughs) drops open (laughs) she gets really excited forget about Noah yeah Uh, (laughs) and she wants to know does the carpet match the face um (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think as we've seen from uh, Mike's tragic ice baths, we can surmise. <laughs> yes, yes, a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah, surmising C- going on. Conclusions can definitely be made. <laughs> yes. So that, of as usual, you know, I just really enjoy everything that Evelyn brought to the show. That comedic relief, that friendship for Ginny. And, you know, the kind of glimpse we saw of her business acumen as well. Um, so, man, that's just, you know, one thing in particular that I really miss because we didn't get more from this show is is more Evelyn. Yeah. Darn it. Darn you, yeah. Fox. I shake I my know. fist. So in Oscar's office, his new analyst, Ross, played by Josh Peck, um, (laughs) says that the Padres need to shut Jenny down for the season. She's, you know, if you immediately look at the stats, she's not close to her innings limit or her pitch count, but her signature pitch is a screwball, and it's a variable that kind of throws calculations off, and she throws it more often than most pitchers throw their specialty pitch. So when you factor in all of those elements, that translates to throwing about 70 more innings than most pitchers have and puts her way over the limit and more at risk uh, of injury. Yeah. So it was interesting to learn that kind of sports science. But as Jenny brings up later in the episode, they left out another important variable to that. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia runs down Jenny's schedule for the day as uh, she's walking with uh, Evelyn. And this includes an interview with Rachel Patrick, who happens to be Mike's ex-wife. Jenny is also shopping Jenny's memoirs. And this is when Evelyn butts in and asking if at 23, uh, Jenny has any memoirs yet. (laughs) Uh, but Amelia is confident that Jenny will find them in the off season and get paid a lot of money for them. Jenny wants to have a break. She says she's never had an off season before. And Amelia says she'll get a week off, maybe two. 
but they can't afford to take their foot off the pedal now. Oof. So she's, yeah, she's she's burning out on at both ends here. She's she's doing way more at work than most pitchers are doing, and she's doing way more yeah. in the off season than most uh, professional athletes are doing. Yep. So as soon as Ginny gets in the car, uh, taking her to the Padres clubhouse, Evelyn and Amelia talk about Will. Like the minute she shuts the door, Evelyn turns mm-hmm. around to Amelia to start talking about <laughs> Scroogey's. Uh, she says Will wrote some checks to a businessman in Charlotte, and he took the money from Scroogey's to pay off someone in North Carolina. Evelyn doesn't want to tell Ginny or confront Will. Amelia says that she will take care of it. And that's that's when I wince and sigh. Because <laughs> when Amelia takes care of it, lots of lots of things, lots of people's feelings get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evelyn's not sure if that's a good idea either, and she's right. Amelia says she knows how to talk to Will. Spoiler, she does not. And besides that, it's her job. Also, it's not. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Nope. For it's not her job to manage uh, her client's family. Um, right. And do you think it would have been better for Evelyn to tell Jenny one on one, or? Um, I mean, that was just a sticky situation. I mean, Amelia definitely didn't handle it the right way. Yeah, <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah, because but... she doesn't. She doesn't really trust Will. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might have, but Evelyn clearly didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, it seems like she really wanted wanted to avoid any kind of confrontation regarding the bar uh, from right. either Ginny or Will. But Ginny might have heard it better from Evelyn than Amelia because yeah. she's a, she knows that Evelyn is a real friend, right? So that's a good point. Um, so Mike walks into the Padres locker room and the team starts a slow clap for him. Mike quickly shuts that down and Blip assumes that Mike called off the trade himself. Because you don't flip on Blip. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> you don't flip on Blip. That's, I need t-shirts right away. Um, <laughs> Mike doesn't deny or confirm because he's tragic and kind of a coward uh he runs into Jenny, and they're awkward about last night but agree that nothing happened nothing worth talking about until it's worth talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> and because they're being so weird detective blip is on the case <laughs> on the case he's studying it all i mean he's got two issues first he he senses some tension and around the trade deadline and, and what exactly went down with Mike. And then he also notices something weird with Mike and Jenny, but you know, that's, that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Blip's not letting it go. He follows Mike to the coffee machine and asks, you know, did you call off the trade? Mike continues to avoid it and just says, I'm back, you know, just be happy about that. But you know, it, it makes Blip start to question how long Mike will stick around. Uh, Cause you know, part of this episode is like blip had all of these ideas and plans about how his life was going to pan out. And it was connected to what Mike was going to do, what Evelyn was going to do. And, and both of those uh, plans kind of came crashing down. So that's another story that we'll never get to see pan out, but <laughs> moving yeah! on. Uh, <laughs> so Al pulls Mike into his office to talk Buck and Oscar are already there Oscar tells Mike and I see in your notes Dee that we have the same issue with this scene they're talking about Ginny they're asking Mike his opinion about Ginny and Ginny's not in the room right. so anyways Oscar is, is sharing what um Josh Peck's character 
um, put together with his analytics saying that it, it's probably time to shut Ginny down. Buck says her velocity is the same, but Oscar counters that her RPMs are lower. <laughs> Buck, Buck, Buck says so is his nutsack, but he still gets out of bed in the morning. All right. Thank you. Buck. Lovely image. Thank you. Okay. Um, so Oscar says he wants to hear from Mike as her catcher. And Mike kind of questions that too. Like, you're asking me as her catcher. Really? So, you know, he's at least sensing that it's weird that they're having this conversation. But Mike makes this about him by telling Oscar to basically treat Ginny the way he did Mike with this Cubs trade. Mike thinks it would be a terrible way to end the season if Ginny didn't play. Then Blip comes in and adds his viewpoint as someone who has played a full season with Ginny and watched her pitch in September. And Blip feels that she has run out of gas. So for the long-term interest of the team, Blip recommends shutting her down. He makes a little side comment that maybe he's the only one that cares about the long-term success of the team. Um, You know, I would have hoped it was more like, you know, she's my teammate and my friend and someone I care about. And I, because of that, I can, you know, study her habits a bit better than everyone else can. And I can see that she's running out of gas. But again, that I don't know if that's a great conversation to have with all of those men in the room and Ginny not there. Maybe a conversation Mm -hmm. to have with Ginny herself. Although I don't know how many more confrontations poor Jenny could take at this point. Well, she's going to have several this Gosh. episode. But yeah, it's it's yeah. the thing they say, you know, in the media, the optics don't look great. And um, yeah. also Mike and Blip are really passive aggressive <laughs> about this whole thing. Because yeah. they're really not thinking about mm, Jenny as much as they are thinking about their own situations. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Huh. So then Ginny walks into the locker room and Mike's, Mike tells her the news right away because he's not happy that it happened. She heads for new GM Charlie's office. She confronts Charlie and then Oscar walks in confirming that they do need to shut her down. He calls back in Ross, the analyst, when Ginny brings up that she has three more starts to take. She says her arm feels as good as it looks. Boy, does it look good. Um, four other pitchers threw that much during the season. They're all injured now. Oscar thinks that shutting her down in September is better than having, you know, to miss her the whole next season for Tommy John surgery. And Oscar says he's consulted with a number of people. Jenny points out uh, none of those people were me. Ding, 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 ding. And... <laughs> There we go. Yes. Correct answer, Ginny. Uh, and she also talks about how uh, women's ligaments are, are different from men's, which may give them more flexibility. Uh, you know, regardless of, of that point, it is an important thing to think about. Like, did in your analytics and your studies, you know, they're probably modeling these things after a male body. Um, exactly she's the only woman in the mlb yeah so you're clueless every way you look at it (laughs) oscar is still not convinced charlie says that tomorrow's game is sold out so she still has one more start the whole thing is messy and it's where i wish that Ginny, you know Maybe Amelia brings some things to the table, but because she's not a sports agent and Mm -hmm. especially, obviously, not a player's agent, you know, she doesn't really know how to advocate for the athlete. Yeah. You know, I feel like Ginny needs more people in her corner. Like these people do not care about your health and well-being, you know. They care about making money off of what your body can do. Right. And 
she just doesn't really have anyone. Yeah, you know, she doesn't have anybody knowledgeable in her corner. Yeah, which sucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people that are not—I mean, the other players—are they have their heads up their own asses? Yeah. <laughs> Amelia, and Will, and Jenny are talking about this in the towel room, and Amelia says this will give Jenny more time to work on her off-season plans. Oh my God. Um, Will reminds her of the restaurant launch. And oh. Jenny smirks, snarks about them being so attentive to her needs and walks out. Which, again, you. fair point, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Will tries to go after her, but Amelia stops him by saying she knows there's money missing from the restaurant fund. She knows that the excuse he told Evelyn was a lie and gives him an ultimatum. Tell Jenny or she will. The next scene is Jenny taking her Rachel Patrick interview in her closet of a locker room. Rachel asks Jenny how she views herself in sports history and Jenny mentions two male rookies who are the same age as she is. Rachel asks if her teammates view her as a ball player or as a woman. Jenny says, I like to think a little less every day, which is kind of vague, but not very encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, So it's basically saying they still don't really see her as a ball player, but maybe it's changing just a tiny bit every day. Which is, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard when you're the only one. Maybe if she had come in with like a group of Mm -hmm. women baseball players, it would have been different. Yeah. And that would have been great for a second season pitch, but no. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) After the interview, Ginny and Rachel walk out into the clubhouse and run into Mike. And he asks, he he acts like a deer in headlights for a minute. And then they all chat, chat and banter. Yeah, that was oh, really awkward. That was really That was awkward. another tragic, like, moment. <laughs> Such a mess. Um, Jenny goes back to her locker room and texts Noah uh, after watching uh, Mike and Rachel banter like old Mary the old married couple they used to be. Ginny mm. uh, goes back to her locker room um, and Mike and Rachel keep bantering and Rachel tells him that she broke up with her fiance a few weeks ago. Tragic <laughs> Mike's about to make some very bad decisions. Just As usual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, So, afterwards, Mike has a beer with Al in Al's office. Mike thinks that he's lost the team because of the way he handled the trade. Uh, Al says Mike messed up, but he'll get them back. I believe that, too. Mike's aware of how he tends to ruin things. Al says that Mike is a curmudgeonly cranky old man with a marshmallow center. There we go. Mm -hmm. What matters to Al is that he came back. Besides, the Cubs will never win it this year. They totally did win it. It's It was amazing how this all lined up that year. Wish I could go back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think what matters is that Mike is there. And, you know, it, it's interesting to think about what what players, how they react to these kinds of situations in real life you'd think they'd be a bit more understanding of like you know he's got to do what's best for him um that doesn't mean that if he's still here he's not going to commit himself to the team or do the best he can and if he doesn't then you can certainly you know confront him about that but I think it hopefully you know, blip, for example, will come around because regardless of, of what almost happened or what Mike 
it, what Mike's role was in it. He's on the team right now and he still cares about Blip. He still cares about Ginny and he cares about the team. So I think, you know, he would, he would still continue to give himself to the team as we saw in the game where Ginny had a no hitter or almost had a no hitter. So, um, Noah didn't reply to her text, so she gets Elliot to cyberstalk him. And they track him down to some club where he's singing and playing guitar. This guy's like too, he's, he just does too much yeah. that I'm suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> too good to be true. Um, yeah. Noah steps off stage and offers uh, Ginny a date. That's quick. Uh, Elliot exit stage left as this is now a date. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that little friendship moment. That would have been nice to continue. Yes, I would have liked more Elliot in season two. Yeah. <sighs> Again, yeah. screw you, Fox. Um, <laughs> Noah asks how asks her how she became the first woman to play in the MLB. And Jenny cites her father for teaching her how to endure, endure, endure. She had to get her screwball down, her control and mechanics too, but the, imbil- the ability to endure whatever was thrown at her would get her to the big leagues. Boy, she's had to endure a lot. Uh, she mm-hmm. asks how he became a billionaire in his 20s. And he says he decided to do what scared him and start calling the shots. Ginny gets up to leave, then comes back to give Noah a big, big old kiss. Um, it's probably just all the pent up kissing she didn't get to do with Mike, but I digress. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm just saying, you don't really know Noah that well. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that, was, that was Mike <laughs> overflow. Uh, so. <laughs> Mike sees Ginny's interview on TV at a bar and heads to the hotel. Ginny uh, brings Noah to her hotel room, but it turns out Mike's not going to see Ginny. He's going to see Rachel, who has her own room at the same hotel. So the tragic Mike strikes again. Mess. Messy, 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 messy. messy. So the next morning, Ginny wakes up to find Noah gone, but he was just trying to make coffee with the hotel's coffee maker, and it did not end well. He He's up front, but he, he knows he's moving too fast, but he, he decides to do it anyways by asking Ginny to go on vacation with him on his plane or his boat or to a private island. Because he's not bragging. Um, <laughs> he's not bragging at all, right? Sure. Sure. Ginny says she doesn't know what to do. She's never really been anywhere. So Noah wants to go everywhere with her. He's really, he really seemed to be enjoying like playing that role, which also didn't sit right with me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Just admit it. You don't like Noah because he's not Mike. No. That's true. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, Jenny says she'll make a decision if he goes downstairs and get her some coffee, uh, which makes Noah run out of the room. Um, so it does make Jenny laugh her adorable horse <laughs> laugh. Uh, and it, it was just nice to see her relaxed. She got to be wined and dined and, you know, she has some guy just, you know, wrapped around her finger. So, as she should, good yes. for her. That's what we like yes. to see. Yes, and I like to the end that but, she is uh, not things- a morning person at all, and I can relate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but she does look beautiful in the morning. Yes. I must say, she can't do anything uh, before coffee. I can relate. No. <laughs> right. Much less like decide to go on some lavish vacation with somebody she barely <laughs> knows. But anyways. <laughs> uh things are not adorable and sweet with Rachel and Mike. Uh 
He wants to know if he ruined things for Rachel and her fiance by showing up and being tragic Mike at her house. Um, Rachel says he didn't, but she realized afterwards that she didn't love her fiance. Um, Which, you know, in that moment, it kind of was, I felt like she was implying that she loved Mike. And I think Mike thought the same thing because he starts acting like they're back together. But she very quickly is, is like, uh, let's not start doing coupley stuff. So Mike gets on the same elevator with Noah afterwards. Um, and it's like somehow they yeah. know, but they don't. But there's something happens in that elevator ride in the silence. Very awkward silence. Yes. Um, Evelyn and Blip don't lose any money in Will's investment scheme, which is good. Blip says he's sorry because he knows how excited Mm -hmm. Evelyn was about the restaurant, but he's glad they won't have to postpone having another kid. He wants to get back to plan A. Evelyn reminds him that plan A was supposed to be her graduating college with a business degree. She says she needs to do something for her. She tells Blip she's done having kids. She still wants to open Scroogey's. She's done the legwork. She has the connections. She can do this without Will. Blip starts getting kind of <laughs> men's rights activist uh, and starts whining about how no one cares about how he feels. Because uh, he's frustrated at work and now at home. Uh, Evelyn's mm-hmm. had enough. She says that the next time they talk about this, she wants from Blip what she's given him for nine years. Unconditional support without hesitation. Yeah. That's not so much to ask. Yeah. And just the way that he, you know, when he was like, great now we can get back to having kids can't you imagine you know having a little girl and you guys go to the spa together and you know just the fact that that though that was his idea of what having another kid would mean you know he doesn't he's not thinking about what that would mean for evelyn um because he's not there day to day he's he's playing baseball he's going on away games he's you know, doing interviews and all that and and bonding with the team. He, right. He just he doesn't think about what it what it's been like for her. He just counts on her to be right. there for him when he needs her. So that's why it was just great to see that conversation on TV and see Evelyn say no. Yeah, this is my time. This is right. time for me to accomplish some goals in this relationship outside of, you know, being the supportive wife and mother. So that was cool. Right. Um, yeah. Will and Jenny are playing a card game in her room. And instead of telling her the truth, Will paints Amelia as the villain who is trying to sabotage Ginny's relationship with her brother. Ginny calls bullshit quickly, seeing through the lies, and Will finally owns up. He got into some trouble and had to borrow money for the coffee shop in North Carolina. He took money from the restaurant fund to pay it back. Um, Ginny said all he had to do was ask for the money, but he was too embarrassed. Now he's stolen from her. She tells him to go home. She wouldn't be doing him any favors if she let him open a restaurant with her name on it. So so it turns out, I guess, uh, neither Evelyn nor Amelia had to confront uh, Ginny about it. (laughs) She figured it out on her own. (laughs) Which, you know, is a lot less stressful. (laughs) yeah yeah and that that must have been really 
difficult for Ginny, as we saw um, in throughout the season, the flashbacks we saw the first time that Will showed up in the show, you sense that Ginny harbors some guilt for the way that they were raised, the way that Will was treated. And then when Amelia came along and kind of interrupted their plans of, of Will being Ginny's agent. Um, and so there's a lot of pain there. And, you know, Will is really her one, you know, like very close family but member she has. But I also think Will right kind of capital tries to take advantage of that guilt. Yeah, yeah. So. Definitely. But now they're they're both adults and, you know, Ginny's gone above and beyond showing how she will support him and love him. And it's like, you are too embarrassed to ask for money to pay off yeah, your debt, but you're not too embarrassed to steal. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, after that, I'm very proud of Ginny. Um, afterwards, back at the Padres clubhouse, some teammates are looking at a tabloid picture of Ginny and Noah. Um <laughs> Mike looks over their shoulders and probably recognizes Uh-oh. him as the guy from the elevator. Um, <laughs> and they were, you know, kind of given the little like wolf whistles and nice one Jenny when she came in, which I guess is an example of them treating her more like a teammate and less like an outsider. <laughs> I guess he, uh, Mike, however, gives Jenny a lukewarm congratulations <laughs> for getting some and walks away. Ginny goes after him and apologizes for the photos after what almost happened the other night. And Mike just brushes it off. <laughs> Tragically, as, as usual. Uh-huh. But I, I do, they, they're so good at like those intense, intimate moments. And also, especially in this episode, how there's just like so many awkward, stilted moments between them. They're, they were so good at that. Um, but gosh, Mike, like yeah. your head is yeah. just stuck in your ass. You like it's, it. he's, it's just, he's you 10 hate years to see older it. than her and still hasn't figured anything out. You hate to see it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> in the locker room, Mike asks Blip <laughs> out for a beer. Blip says no. He has to deal with some stuff going on with Evelyn. He turns his back to Mike. Like a child. These these guys are so petty and emotional. Uh, and Amelia checks in on right. Ginny before her final start. Ginny starts to act like Mike and pretend there's nothing wrong. Then she finally asks Amelia, why would you interfere? Amelia says it's her job. Ginny says... <laughs> Spoiler. Strike one. It's not. Um, <laughs> come in like a, the narrator for Jane the Virgin. It is actually not Amelia's job to interfere with yeah. his family. <laughs> Ginny says Amelia's job is to take 10% of her income and do what Jenny tells her to do. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of BDE yep. off of Ginny this episode. A lot of BD. Yep. Um, <laughs> Amelia oh. says if it weren't for her, Ginny wouldn't be where she is today. Uh, yeah. Ginny disagrees. Strike Amelia two. says she takes a lot of crap from Ginny and she's not going to take much more. <laughs> she's out. Ginny says, Strike three. Then don't. <laughs> Basically firing her. <laughs> Amelia says that Ginny's going to regret this and Ginny's going to be at her lowest point and needs someone, but it won't be her dead father or her con man brother. It's going to be Amelia. Wow. She was already out. But then really? She, like, Is it really? Dug a hole <laughs> at the plate. Mm. 
banned from the league. Um, Jenny doesn't have anything to say to that, and I wish she did, because I have some stuff to say, but it's full of expletives. I, I mean, first of all, I loved Kylie's acting in this scene. You know, like at the beginning when Amelia kind of like pokes her head in and is asking if Jenny's okay, does she need anything? And like you said, uh, Jenny just keeps brushing her off. But then that moment where she's like, all right, let's do this. She just kind of like, there's the face she makes. And then she's just, why would you interfere? I just, I love that acting moment. And then when Amelia stoops as low as you can go wow. and says your dead father, your con man brother, and just the emotion that comes over Kylie's yeah. face, mm-hmm. like you can see the punch connect to her face. Just incredible. But my God, like, okay. The agents that tell you things like that, those are the ones you stay away from. The ones that say, I'm the only person you have. You know, you wouldn't be anywhere without me. Those are the ones you stay far away from. They are potentially manipulated. Yeah. Like, how much better is she than a will at this point? She sees weaknesses and she pounces on them. Right. To get her away. Or to try to get her away. Exactly. The way she's talking about the memoir or whatever else she had planned for Ginny's supposed time off. And you compare that to the way that Evelyn has been excited about the restaurant. Like, yes, she has to know that if it's somehow tied to Ginny, that will contribute to its popularity. But that barely even crosses her mind. It's the idea of of her, you know, she has her own interest in it, and she's going to make sure that it's done right and done well. And just compare that to the way that Amelia and Will have talked about their prospects with Ginny's name and life. And there you have it. So when Ginny's going to need someone, you bet Evelyn's going to be there. And Blip's going to be there. And Will's going to be there. So Goodbye. you are dismissed, Amelia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. For <laughs> Evelyn, it was more about getting to Goodbye. use her business acumen, her business skills, and, you know, build something, build a business. Um, more than it was trying to exploit Jenny's fan, uh, fame. So. Right. And you can bet if Jenny was like, you know, I don't know if I want to be involved in something like this anymore. Evelyn would find another way to do it. And maybe she'd be hurt and, you know, like, what am I going to do now? But she would find a way because it's what she She wants to do. Like, give me some more money. We're going to do this. We're going to take Jenny's name out of it. And <laughs> yeah, flip on Blip. We're going <laughs> to call it Blip's Bar. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's a beer pong uh, bar. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, man. Ooh. All right. Moving on from that uh, emotional, en- enraging scene. The next is on the field. Ginny's stepping up to pitch, and we see flashes of what she's gone through during the episode, uh, kind of bringing us back to where we started at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Salvamini for the Padres struck out. <laughs> he has a tantrum in the dugout. Sucks to suck. Uh <laughs> Mike tries to calm the guy down but Blip steps in no one wants to listen to the guy who wanted to leave come on Blip come on Mike and Blip started to fight but they get separated finally someone does talk to Jenny and it's Al who's saying you stay in the game Jenny just nods and takes a deep breath man the emotions are high (laughs) in this episode 
Um, we see, you know, Ginny ha- is rubbing her shoulder as sportscasters announce that she's close to pitching a shutout. Uh, Oscar is ready to shut her down and makes a call to the dugout. Um, Al goes to tell Ginny, but she flat out refuses to stop playing. You'll have to drag me off the pitch if you want me to stop. Al slides back down the bench next to Buck and smiles. And, you know, I know that they do care about her, but again, it's like they aren't really thinking about her best interests in that moment either. It's kind of that so that kind of, kind of that kind of bothered me too. Um, affection without really showing, you know, mm-hmm. without, without really thinking thinking it all the way through. Like he treats her like an adopted daughter or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're happy. <laughs> um, Oscar hears Jenny's name being announced and, and Jenny's stepping out of the dugout and he, he calls <laughs> again, but Al just hangs up on him. Um, Jenny is running out of gas, like Blit pointed out. But she pushes through it and keeps pitching. She's got her her song that she talked about with Noah, like the song that she, <laughs> you know, is singing on the inside, Uptown Funk. <laughs> uh, she's got it. She's got it going. Uh, but then she throws four pitches that are way off and Mike comes to the mound to have a talk with her. He starts, you could tell he's he's got a whole speech ready. He's got one. Um, he admits that things have been awkward and Jenny cuts him off like, all right, she doesn't need one of his famous speeches. We certainly don't need to talk about what's been awkward because you had that opportunity in the locker room. Um, we're not having this talk right now, but she also just doesn't need any of his talks. She doesn't need it from him or from her father or her brother or her agent or some billionaire, <laughs> she says, I'm on the mound right now. I throw the ball. I make the speeches. Yeah. Mike, you just can't compete with that. B-D-E. I know you're a speech guy, B-D-E. but <laughs> you can't compete with that. Yes. Um, yes. Her throw is back to normal after her own speech. She wrenches her arm, getting a guy who punted the ball out on first. She's clutching her arm in pain, and Al comes and takes her off the field. Oscar looks at new GM Charlie with an I told you so all over his face. (sighs) Amelia's at the airport when she sees the news. She continues to board the plane. Mm. Bye. Bye. Padres win two to zero. (laughs) Ma'am. Um. Lips twirling his wedding ring as he prepares to sleep on the couch. And Mike's watching Rachel report on Jenny's injury. And then we see Jenny getting an MRI. And that is the end of Pitch. Like, gosh. Right? So we get our hearts ripped out and we don't get them back. We don't get to see whether or not um, she agrees to surgery. um, Whether she recovers quick enough to at least um, come in in the middle of the next season. Whether they, whether the Padres bring her back next, like there's so many things up in the air. Because Fox likes to cancel stuff. So, um, anything else you'd like to say about this final episode of Pitch? I do remember uh, watching this episode and being on Twitter at the same time, and the the Pitch cast was tweeting. 
and the official pitch twitter like posted a a picture of like a fake banner that had mike and flip on it and and uh the actor who plays blip mo mccray Mm -hmm. he quote tweeted it and he said burn it (laughs) (laughs) i just that just made me laugh so i was reminded of that like he was just you know fully leaning into the like blip being dramatic this episode (laughs) burn it Oh gosh! So, um, I remember that fondly. I I tried to be involved live tweeting for pitch as much as I could as it was airing, and I did have a few like interactions with Mo. Um, I think Kylie saw one of my tweets, so that was a fun time. And I I hope that they the cast knows that they were a part of something special that meant something to a lot of people. And I, I think they saw that with all the efforts there were to save pitch or to have another um, network pick it up. Um, So that, that was nice. And I mean, I think we've, we've said maybe not all there is to say or all we can say about this show because it's, it's definitely a show that's going to stick with me for a really long time. It was really, really special. Um, but I guess my ending message is cast Kylie Bunbury and more things because she is incredible. Um, yep. <laughs> and also, I think this is proof that like there should be more shows about. I mean, I think there should be more shows about athletes, specifically female athletes. I think that's really interesting. Um, it could lay the groundwork for some great writing, some great moments in television um so i hope someone else tries to do it again and take some influence from pitch because it got so many things right man we had it we had it good for a little while so many great conversations can come from watching this show yeah i mean if you want if some wonderful network that is not fox wants to start a show about a women's soccer league mm-hmm. i'll watch oh yeah if you want uh if you want to talk about um the WNBA, i'll watch yeah like there could be all kinds of sports dramas involving women in sports but um yeah y'all are cowards anyway um <laughs> yep uh, so get her in the game is ending, but that doesn't mean you've heard the last of me and Olivia. <laughs> We've got a new podcast coming up soon. Do you want to talk more about it, Olivia? Sure. Uh, we have been sitting with this idea, with this name for <laughs> probably six, seven years at this point. I mean, just think about that. Just think about that. So, <laughs> uh, in the past, Didi and I, when we when we were following the NBA team, the Boston Celtics, really closely, when all of our favorite mm-hmm. players were still on the team, um, <laughs> uh, we had a podcast where we talked about the Celtics. But naturally, watching basketball, NBA and WNBA, and some college basketball. Naturally, we we had other interests outside of the Celtics, and that's that's definitely the case now. That is for sure the case now. Um, <laughs> let yes. me just say, so um, yeah. So uh, it, it started with that, but as we've you know over the years watched a lot of sports and listened to a lot of people talk about women's sports in particular. Um, I think we've wanted uh, a new podcast where we can talk about those things too. And I think um, there's definitely going to be time to talk about, you know, issues and have some late night hate night just filled with rage because there's so much to be angry about with the way that women's sports are are disrespected and diminished. Uh, but I Dismissed. also hope... Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I, I also I also hope that it can be a place where we can just like celebrate uh, female athletes as well, because I think, you know, all the issues aside, we've got really talented people who are just kicking ass mm-hmm. and they're also pretty hot, gotta say. Um, so I just, I want to celebrate. I want to, I want to, to just address all of it. The cool stuff, the funny stuff, the sweet stuff, the really important, but upsetting, but righteous stuff too. So through all of that, we will be consolidating the intangibles. There's the title. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we will get into the back the backstory with this title. Uh, there is one, mm-hmm. and it is wonderful. But uh, <laughs> consolidating the intangibles will be just us, I guess, in the short explanation, kind of taking the 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 things about sports that we really connect with and bringing them all to one place, consolidating them as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, yeah. We're not going to be rattling off stats. Mm-mm. We're, we're not the analytics. People. Nope. You got plenty of, plenty of outlets for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus minus is dodgy anyway. Yeah. So um, a lot of stuff, you know, the eye test is good enough. <laughs> so, and the eye test is a lot different from your plus minus sometimes. So, yeah. So that goes out to all the people that are cropping all over Rondo <laughs> for taking two years with the Lakers. But um, maybe we'll talk about that uh, in the first episode. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, we need to take a minute to talk about NBA free yes. agency. I mean, let's just give a round of applause to the NBA for bringing the drama every yes. year. Yes. yes. Well Thanks. done. Yes. Thank you for the soap opera, NBA. Yes. Kawhi is a mastermind. And I ah, just. That was beautiful. Oh, that was beautiful. It makes me smile. Lakers. <laughs> so, yeah. You hate to see it. <laughs> I, I, yeesh, I guess some, some would hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not me. Nope. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to, to the um, the moves being made in Massachusetts, you hate to see it. You hate Oof. to see Oof. it. You know, when you spend so many years selling this idea, mm-hmm. and then when it finally comes time for it to happen, you and, and and you strike out you truly hate to see it <laughs> but yeah we do need to talk about some intangibles going on with uh coaching staff <laughs> in, in in boston and the front office because uh everybody wants to blame it on the players and that's just really right. short-sighted yep i was side-eyeing a lot of stuff I saw. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's just way too easy to say, oh, it's player X's fault. Toxic character, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this wasn't... This, Yeah, one player can't do this alone. And right. a, a lot of other, um, you know, decisions um, kind of ruin that locker room. Because... Yep. Because the players, they're not, they're not, um, they're not ignorant. They can see when a coach is showing favoritism to a player that probably shouldn't get as many minutes as they're getting. Mm. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we could be here all day, but um, yeah. yes, we'll we'll consolidate those for another. yes. Yes, we have a lot of intangibles to consolidate for the first episode. So we hope you'll join us. Absolutely. So uh, until uh, our our first episode of CTI, uh, take care.
Bye. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank Bye. you. Bye.